Hey everyone, it's Tuesday, August 18th, 2020. Welcome to Weigh Ins, an MMA spinoff series of the Ginger and the Beard podcast. In this week's episode, we're recapping the final fight of the DC Stipe trilogy, as well as the other fights from this past weekend. We'll also be talking about John Jones' decision to vacate the light heavyweight belt, his potential move to heavyweight, oh my geez, and more news from around the sport. All right, guys, here we are. What's up, guys? I'm AJ, a.k.a. The Ginger. And I'm Reese, a.k.a. The Beard. Oh, Reese, we've got some exciting stuff to talk about, my friend. We sure do, man. I'm, I'm going to pour myself a beer real quick. and uh, I beat you to it. How How's your week going so far, man? How was the rest <laughs> of your weekend? It's pretty good. Uh, the weekend was rainy, really rainy, which is kind of a bummer, but we finally got some sunshine today and yesterday, actually. So I went ahead and cracked open a nice tangerine hazy express from Stone I, uh, Stone Brewing Nice uh, to celebrate the sunshine, and it's delicious. Nice, but my week's man. off to a pretty good start. It's been super busy, and I'm excited to talk about these, these fights. Um, it was a exciting weekend, man. Uh, how about you? What's, what's your week been like? Uh, same dude. It's been rainy and you know, um, I, I did have one major success this week and I put my wall together. Finally. Um, I'll have to send you a, an image I'll share it with social media. I got, I got three walls now. Well, and the ceiling. So four walls that have panels on them now, sound panels. So finally nice. seven years later, here we are. <laughs> That's um, awesome, dude. I might have to do the same thing, actually. We made some adjustments in this room. You haven't seen it since then. You might notice this beautiful new shelf back here. Yeah. Um, What's up But with Shana's, uh, her, her laser cutting business is just going off like gangbusters. You and, want to give uh, them a shout out? So we had to. What's that? You want to give that business, a sh- give her business a shout yeah, out? Yeah, man. Check it out. Heartwood Designs on Etsy or on Instagram. Uh, she makes cool little wooden laser cut. Here, I can pull something over here real quick. Check this thing out. Mandala. 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 Yeah, it's like a wall hanging thing that she cuts out. Yeah. Um, lots of cool little things like that. Check that out for sure. Uh, she also made these cool little coasters, which I can't. Oh, there's one right here with uh, some brewery brewery logos on them. Pretty neat. I got mine right here, man. There yeah, it man, is. And the Hulk fist. Wham, bam. Check that out. I know but, she uh, yeah. made some like key hooks and she's been making a lot of like ornamental and decorative uh, things. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, lots of lots of interesting stuff, and she's got some new fall stuff coming out soon. Make sure you check that out. But uh, we used to have a sofa back here, which was good for sound dampening, but we had to get rid of that, build some shelving behind us with from IKEA, nice. and just to give her some more storage. And there's also like a new little floating desk on the wall over here, so she's got plenty of space to organize and and work and things like that. So, but I have a little bit of an echo now in the room just because the couch is gone. So I may have to. See if I can talk her into putting some soundproofing, sound padding up. <laughs> hey, that'd be cool. Sounds, I mean, it or sounds maybe good I'll just to me. Put a, I'll just put like a big shag rug in the floor. I think that would do the trick. Yeah, there you go. Just like <laughs> hang it from the ceiling too. Have it one on the floor. Just like box yourself in. <laughs> so groovy. Nice. Um, I'm drinking an Apricot Sky Blondale with Apricot from Old Ox Brewery. 
Oh, man, yeah. look at that can. It's a beautiful can. Yeah, man. Usually you're the one with all the stylish cans. I'm coming at you today with that style. I know, man. Pretty made nice. a total wine trip and found some good stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, let me know how that tastes. I, I like apricots here and there. That's interesting. Strong apricot flavor. <laughs> nice. That is like drinking apricot juice with alcohol. I would agree with you on the, the tangerine of mine is quite powerful as well. Yeah. That's cool, though. Hey, man. So, uh, what a crazy weekend, dude. I mean... Um, guys, we watched this fight. We, we watched the main event, which we're going to get into here in a second. And my heart was just pounding, dude. I was so excited for this. <laughs> I've been waiting for this card for so long and it finally came. Yes. Being an Ohio man yourself, I can tell you folks, I can attest to the fact that the beard here was literally, you're making me nervous, bro. <laughs> Sorry, man. I really wanted to <laughs> You're like heavy win. breathing. You're, you're like, Dude, I'm so worked up. I'm so, so anxious right now. Just like, <laughs> calm down, man. Deep breaths, deep breaths. Yeah, but it worked out. It, it, it came out in your favor, I feel like. But we're going to get there in a minute. I think we're going to start out, though. We're going to talk about, I mean, obviously, it was a lot to talk about with that main card. But, um, you know, since it has already happened, it's in the past. We've got a lot of news and stuff to talk about moving forward. We're going to cover the top three fights of the night, the last three fights of the main card, starting with... Our man Junior Dos Santos versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. I think I said his name right. Sounded good to me. Tough one. Tough did, one. Did good. Yeah, yeah man. So, man, I, I was really excited about this one. I told you when we were watching this fight, I'm like, I think heavyweight is definitely my favorite division to watch just because it's so unpredictable. You know, one guy can be on top the entire the entire fight, and then all of a sudden things take a turn for the worst. Um, Jarzinho Rosenstrike is a perfect example of that when he fought Alistair Overeem was getting beat. And then in the fifth round, he <sighs> obliterated Alistair's lip and got a knockout in the last few seconds. So yeah, he, he right. knows that very well, but, um, you know, I, I mean, this was an exciting fight. Mainly I was really distracted during this entire fight because JDS had a, a very impressive mustache. <laughs> <laughs> dude he had like plus two to agility with that mustache man that thing was yeah. like that was ultimate plus, style points. that was it was like plus two to all skills right for sure definitely charisma definitely charisma speed agility yeah yeah exactly <laughs> oh dude epic. so i mean the the fight though the way that it went um and and you know going off of your point of how these are just so sighting and and it's your favorite like these it's like a it's like an old western shootout right it's like whoever it's like a you know when they when they do the 10 paces from each other and shoot it don't shoot at noon yeah. you know that's what it feels like because it's like whoever gets hit first is done it's yeah, like every time it. especially because there's no crowd all you hear is <laughs> that first round i'm like i'm really surprised it made it out of the first round to be honest i thought for sure this is going to be a one rounder um but it, it went into the second round i think they both look good they're feeling each other out for a long time yeah um jds definitely had the better mustache but you know <laughs> i think you know what i picked up was rosenstrike was doing a lot of waiting he was definitely playing the counter game i think he was waiting for that one knockout punch yeah. i think we we predicted last week jds has the better boxing yep um you know, but Rosenstrike, man, his power is just insane. It really uh, so. is. Isn't it kind of weird, though, that he waits so long, right? Because, like, the whole time I'm sitting there being like, 
if he would just go in there, like he could knock JDS right now. Like why is he just being yeah. timid or like I don't understand it. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, well, his last fight was against Nganu, so after that one, I can't imagine I can only imagine you're probably a little bit scarred coming off of that. You know, uh, Nganu came out just guns blazing, arms swinging. Yeah. He got the knockout really quick. Um, you know, so maybe that's why he was kind of waiting. He was paying more attention and just expecting a flurry of shots. That, maybe that's what he was expecting. But, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, in, in the end, in the second round, it ended at 3 minutes and 47 seconds in the second round. Really, it, it all came down to his feints. Like, he, gave a, he had a good feint, and it set up a left a, a left hook, and then I think it was another right hook that, that – put JDS out and I think he finished it with some vicious ground and pound per his signature, his signature finish. Um, yep. So yeah, I was kind of sad to see JDS lose. And I actually saw a quote on Instagram. That I think his team shared or he, he himself shared. He basically said like, you wouldn't believe if you, if you saw me training, um, you know, how hard I train and how much effort I put into this. He's like, basically this is all that I do. He was like, so we have to look back and figure out why, that's not translating into wins for me um, because I think he, how is he on a losing streak now? I mean, how many, I don't know what his last few fights have looked like. I think at least two, right? Cause I think he lost to Francis in his last, yeah, he fight. lost the, so he lost to Francis in June of last year. Um, and then he lost to Curtis, oh, Blades. Curtis Blades. Yeah. Round and two. Knockout. Yeah. So um, he's been not doing so well. Uh, he mean, beat you can't Derek beat yourself Lu- up. Yeah, yeah, he beat Derek Lewis. You can't beat yourself up too bad, considering who your competition is in that division. To be on, to be fair, but uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to see him keep losing. I- I'm not sure what's going to be next for him. To be honest, yeah, he's been doing a lot of fighting, and it's just kind of not going his way late- lately. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like they were both very timid, right? And maybe if he wouldn't have been so timid and tried to mix it up and put a little bit more pressure on Rosenstrick, because Rosenstrick's mm-hmm. constantly just like just feeling it out for like the first, you know, the first round, like he didn't do anything, you know? And and I feel like he was like, Oh, well, JDS isn't doing anything to me. So I might as well try something. And that's when he tried his little fake, you know, he, he did his little feint and then caught JDS with a, he just kind of barely caught him though. It didn't really look like it was a strong punch and uh, JDS was rocked and you know, that's all she wrote after that. Yeah, you know? it's crazy. Like you think that these knockouts would require like full extension, full power, but it's all about timing. And really, it comes down to the person getting punched. Are they expecting it? If you, usually, if you see it coming, it seems like you can mentally prepare for that impact. But if you don't see it coming and it lands right in the right spot, right. you're going to be put out. And that seems like what, what what happened because they were in pretty close contact. It wasn't full extension. I don't think it was even full power. Yeah. Um, but, but you know what? That's all it took. If you go back, though, and this is something that's really interesting that I hadn't thought about until just this very moment, is if you go back and look at some of JDS's defeats, a lot of his, like, knockout losses are him on the cage moving backwards, getting clipped like that. So, like, I think that it should be pretty straightforward for him to figure out how to prevent, you know, a good percentage of the losses that he's facing is don't move backwards. If you're Mm -hmm. getting attacked barrel down and move forwards because right um right now what you're doing is not working so you might as well try something new yeah yeah definitely yeah so just to kind of close this one out you know rosenstrike i'm not sure what's gonna be next for him either because obviously stipe just defended against daniel cormier 
Uh, Blades, Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis have a matchup scheduled as of today. I think that news broke, which we might be talking about that in a little bit. Um, Alistair Overeem, he's already defeated Alistair Overeem, so unless they run that one back. You know, here, you know, got Alexander Volkov, who just fought recently. Maybe Walt Harris. Maybe they bring Walt Harris back. I think he, Walt Harris oh, lost his last one. He did, That might yeah. be a good matchup. Um, Has he fought Derek Lewis yet? Rosenstruck? Derek Lewis, to be honest, I'm not really I don't think sure. I don't think he's fought Derek Lewis because I don't think – so there's Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades that he could fight, I guess. Well, they um, had, that's why that, that the two of them have a matchup coming up already. So right, right, he um, could fight the the winner maybe, but yeah, it's true. Because I don't know if you like where Walt Harris coming off of a loss. I don't know if they'll give him um, Rosenstruck, who's like kind of far up right now. He's kind of, you know, he's kind of like in like the top five, right? Uh, Rosenstruck's number four now. Yep. Yeah, so I don't think they'll give him yep. Walt because I don't even know if Walt Harris is ranked right now. He's number ten. Number 10. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, they might. Who knows? They might so want to make possible. that. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think moving on from that, the co-main event is where I would say a lot of people were maybe secretly, or maybe not so secretly, more excited to see than even the main event, especially some of these young bucks who are getting into the sport, who may not know the legacy of Daniel Cormier and, and Stipe. Um, Sean O'Malley, the Sugar Show, was back against Marlon Cheeto Vera. So a lot of hype around this fight. Obviously, just a lot of hype follows O'Malley wherever he goes. He's like that, you know, the star child of the sport right now, it kind of seems like. Yeah. But uh, it definitely, the night did not go in his favor. I th- I think I think you're right about that. And everybody's so excited to see him fight because he's got that one punch. He's got that, like, kind of like, you know, they mentioned, like, the it factor, right? Where it's like people just, like, want to see him fight. He's entertaining, man. He's, you know, he's fun to watch. And he's got that one punch knockout power. So everybody was kind of sitting back being like, oh, man, he's got so much hype. Like, this guy's going to go to the top. Everyone's kind of, like, kind of hoping, right, that he's going to go to the top. And let's see this guy kind of, like, become the next Conor McGregor and, Right. And, you know, be very exciting and make a ton of money and everything. And, uh, well, that's not what happened. I mean, um, you know, it's it's kind of unfortunate. And uh, during the fight, my feelings were that he got injured and Cheeto Vera took advantage of that and won the fight because of the of the injury and you know, that maybe Sean O'Malley was going to be out for a while because maybe he broke his foot or tore a ligament or, you know, whatever right. happened. Um, those were my feelings. And then after the fight, Cheeto Vera was like, he didn't seem very sportsmanlike. In, in my opinion, yep. I felt like he was kind of like showboating and, and, you know, all that stuff. And, um, you know, so maybe the sportsmanship wasn't that good, but like looking back on it and, and I'll let you take it from here, but looking back on it, I think I was in the wrong to have judged Cheeto Vera on on that performance, saying that he took advantage of of Sean O'Malley. Cheeto Vera, I think he made that happen. It looks like now, so right, right, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, man. We were both watching it together, and it's like, come on, dude, like don't start acting like that. The guy hurt himself, and you took advantage of that, which obviously you should to capitalize that and win that fight. Obviously, nobody's pointing the blame on that on you for that, but just the way he acted afterwards, like, dude, you're acting like you just got this crazy victory, but actually, you just you know got a luck lucky that he injured himself. But 
to your point, <clears throat> it doesn't look that way anymore. So let's kind of break it down, I guess, for folks who may have didn't, may have may not have seen the fight. <clears throat> this fight, just as Sean O'Malley predicted, did not make it out of the first round. But it's not because Sean O'Malley knocked out Cheetah Vera. It's because about halfway through the first round, there was a very apparent injury with Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley was looking good. He started. He came out with his leg kicks, maintained his distance. Um, Cheetah was landing landing pretty well as as pretty good as well also with some leg kicks but then about at two minutes and 45 seconds i think into the first round there was some very noticeable injury with uh sean o'malley couldn't put any pressure in his right foot he could so he switched up stances and went strictly to punching um and not long after he went to the ground and cheeto finished sean with some pretty vicious elbows and ground and pound from the top um you know and that's just and then you know um I can't think of his name right now. Herb Dean called a stop to the fight at four minutes and 40 seconds into the first round. Yep. So everyone kind of was up in, in an uproar right now that Sean O'Malley heard himself, that it was uh, you know not a legitimate win for Cheeto, and also that Herb Dean stopped the fight too early, considering it was so close to the end of the round. Some folks thought that maybe he should have let that go on until the end of the round. Um, but that, and So that's like kind of the two controversies right now. So like Reese said, if you watch it back – and you listen to some of the breakdowns that other folks and reporters give on the fight, it is kind of clear that this was a, um, a victory earned legitimately by Marlon Cheeto Vera. And so to kind of break that down a little bit further, I, I, I did do some research and I know Reese, you watched the same video as well. There's a, there's a YouTube um, channel called the weasel and he, it's a fight. It's a fighting related YouTube channel. Um, and he does a really good breakdown video. We'll leave a link to that in the, in the description or in the show notes um, when we post up this episode. So I highly encourage you guys to watch that because he does a really a really nice breakdown and kind of explains what could have happened. We have not heard officially from Sean because Sean's really the only one that's going to know what actually happened, um, you know, in that fight to cause that injury. But what it looks like, according to this video. Um, is there's something called the peroneal nerve, which is located in the right behind the knee, um, in between the knee and the, the shin, I guess. Um, but in the video, he shows at a specific point in the fight, Cheeto Vera lands at what looks like a calf kick, but it's a pretty high calf kick, and his foot kind of wraps around the back of the knee. And so the theory here is that the peroneal nerve may have been impacted or damaged, which can cause loss of feeling to the lower half of your leg and also your foot. And so what's interesting about that is if you watch the following seconds of the fight, it really does appear that it's less of his foot, um, you know, giving him pain and more so that he just can't feel it because you watch him and he kind of rolls over on his foot a couple times. It's just like he doesn't, he has no sensation in his foot. He doesn't know where he's stepping and things like that. And then that can cause additional damage in the ligaments um, in the bones, things like that, which seems like may have been the case. Um, yeah. yeah. So what are your thoughts? I know you watched it. Like, does that make sense to you? I mean, it, it looks, it looks exactly like that. Right. And, and, um, you know, you show, it shows in the, in the video, if you look at where this, um, uh, uh, 
peroneal uh, nerve is it, it goes up like the front of your shin and then wraps yeah. around behind the outside of your knee and if you look at right where he got kicked it's just like right on that spot where you would expect it to be and then immediately afterwards you can see sean o'malley's rolling his he rolls his toes a couple times and yeah. then he tries to go forward to put pressure on it he falls and then he falls again when he's trying to go forward um looks like he's trying to actually attack cheeto vera and yeah. that's when cheeto vera like kind of walks away and he's like you know you know, he kind of walks away from him. And then shortly after that, he's like, oh, he's compromised. I'm going to I'm going to destroy him now. And that's, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of what happened. And, and um, right. you know, Sean O'Malley did get knocked out. You could see the lights went out, man. So uh, good on Herb Dean for stopping the fight. I think that it was, you know, everybody's always counting Herb, De- Herb Dean out, man. But once you go back and watch the video, it's like he he's doing the right thing every time. So and, uh, good on him. But um, he. He's like, can I just please get some clean knockouts for the love of all things? Like, just let me get some clean knockouts so I'm not in the spotlight. Yeah, no more controversy. Somebody, if you yeah. guys are gonna win, fight these fights, get clean knockouts. Come on now, yeah. knock them out. Um, so, uh, in addition to that, um, you could see this happen as well. And, and I know I'm not sure. I can't remember if we watched this fight uh, uh, together, but Henry Cejudo versus uh, Muddy Mouse, right? Uh, Michael Johnson, um, their second fight. Uh, for the championship, where um, at that time Mighty Mouse was still the belt, uh, was still the champ, and, and Sahito wasn't. Um, you see this happen where in the first round. I I was like, oh, did he break his leg or something? I thought it was over because yeah. um, he was doing the same thing, rolling his foot, and uh, you know, and 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 it was the peroneal nerve. And um, he actually came out, and you know, good old uh, Triple C came out and was like, hey man, I had that happen to me. I ain't no yeah. bitch. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I hit it and I worked through it and I fought through it and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. So doing his kind of thing, you know, making them making them look bad. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I guess it just, you know, hit the feeling in his leg maybe came back a little bit sooner, but yeah, you can watch. He, he does the exact same thing that Sean O'Malley did. He rolls his toes a couple of times, rolls his foot. And I guess the feeling comes back to him in enough time for him to come back in and, and continue fighting. But, uh, yes, I mean, with that kind of evidence, it is pretty clear to me that, you know, Cheeto Vera inflicted that damage on Sean O'Malley's leg and therefore capitalized on his own um, success, I guess. I'm not really sure what the word I'm looking for. No, no, that's exactly it, dude. He did. He capitalized. Yeah. So, you know, kudos to him. We definitely don't want to take anything away from him. You know, I read something earlier about it, too. It's like MMA is a sport where your goal is to inflict damage on the on your opponent until they can no longer fight. So whether that means you take them out with leg kicks, body shots, you know, you slam on their head, whatever it takes to get that person to stop fighting, that's your goal. So Cheeto, in that sense, did what he was supposed to do. And so kudos kudos on him. I think, um, um, obviously, huh? I, I think everybody has their the, a chink in their armor, right? And, yeah. and it seems like Sean O'Malley's wheels... You know he's he's got to get a new set of wheels, man. Because uh, yeah, you know he's he's got a chink there. Um, but, you know one thing I wanted to add too is, you know he's so skinny, right? So there's not like a lot of meat on those bones. There's not a lot of meat protecting those nerves or his or anything. Like for Sahito, you know he's got some meat on his bones, right? So he's right. able to have a little bit more protection. With Sean Malley having that compromisation on his on his knee like that, it's kind of you know not really a surprise in hindsight since. Um, He's so skinny. There's nothing. There's no padding on that nerve, you know. Right. Exactly. And also to your to your point, this actually isn't the first time he's been injured. I mean, the guy's so young. What is he? Twenty five, I think. Um, 
so early in his career. He's got so much promise, but that he definitely should get that. You know, he needs to get those legs figured out. Maybe he just needs to work on them some more. But this isn't the first time he's been injured in a fight. His first, his UFC debut against Andre, dude. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce this last name. Suka, <laughs> Suka Math, Suka Math. I don't know. Sounds there's good. A lot, there's a lot of T's and H's in there that I don't think you're supposed to pronounce. I think those are supposed to be silent. But anyways, <laughs> this guy Andre. Sean O'Malley had a foot injury in, in that fight as well, um, which some people think is very similar to what happened in this one. And uh, he ended up fighting through it in that one and won that fight by decision. Um, but, you know, interesting that he's Can't so young. every and, time. Yeah, he's early in his career, and he's already having this sort of these sort of issues. Yeah, but it's something that he might be able to address, right? He could probably address this and, and capitalize on it. He's still got a long time to go. Uh, you know, one good thing that came out earlier today is uh, there's no actual broken bones on the X-ray. Um, so there was not he didn't break anything during the fight, uh, but they did. They did find that he had a, a fracture. They discovered a fracture in his foot uh, and they think that that was uh, way before this fight. And so yeah. they're going to look at, you know, making sure that that gets all the way healed up. And then uh, in addition to that, um, they're going to be doing an MRI in the near future to see if there's any potential ligament damage, because he's come out and said that basically since the fight every single day, he's his foot has been in, you know, intense pain every day. Mm. So, you know, who knows what that could be? Maybe there's, you know, more significant um, nerve damage than, you know, meets the eye. Uh, so we'll have to find out. Yeah, definitely. Well, best of luck to him. Hopefully he has a speedy recovery. We can get to see him back in the octagon again. I'm sure he'll have no trouble getting another fight because he is still sort of a rising star and he does have that style. So he's got the it factor, like you mentioned earlier. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what's to come. But moving on to our main event of the night. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the trilogy is ended. There's an end to the trilogy. DC versus Stipe. Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic. Um, Stipe reigns supreme as the heavyweight champion of the world. What a great fight. Uh, again, not expecting this fight to go five rounds in the slightest. But that's what we got. Um, you know, we came out just even in the walkouts. We were talking, you and I, and chatting with our buddy Toby. Um, Stipe was just in great shape, man. I don't think we've ever le- ever seen him looking so trim um, as he did in that fight. He just looked like he focused very heavily on his cardio and his, uh, you know, in his camp. And then DC comes out looking like DC. You know, no no big surprise. But they're they're actually, you know, Stipe came out I think lighter than DC, even though he's got significant size advantage in terms of height and reach and all of that. Um, you know, so going into it, just from the walkouts, you know, we were expecting a expecting an amazing fight. And that's what we got. I mean, this one, this is one of those fights where I, I would hate to be a judge. I definitely do not envy their job because um, it would be a tough one to call. It would be a tough one to call. But I think, I think the decision that was made, you know, is kind of what we were expecting. Yeah, I agree. Um, definitely, definitely agree with that. Uh, you know, it's always a tough decision for the for the judges, but I think when you kind of break the fight down, um, there's some there's some clear indicators of of what happened throughout the fight, and then there's one specific um, indicator that I think you know everybody could kind of use as like the deciding factor. And so, um, just to kind of go back and forth here, right? DC had a takedown early on. Um, it was it was kind of weird. I feel like uh, I feel like Stipe was trying to defend it, um, 
It was just like a weird kind of takedown. And he, he got him down. Stipe got back up, exposed his his himself to a guillotine. Uh, DC got the guillotine pretty good on him and, you know, held him there for, for, for you know, quite a while. So that's one to DC. Um, you know, they had a pretty strong kind of back and forth. It was pretty even on the feet, I would say. Um, uh, but at the end of each round, um, four out of five of the rounds, uh, Stipe had more uh, significant strikes, uh, more total yeah. strikes. Um, you know, uh, Stipe got clipped uh, once, and you could kind of see him wobble a little bit. Um, he, he recovered from that pretty quickly. Um, and then at one point in the fight, uh, Stipe got DC pretty good with a right. Um, you know, yeah. knocked him, you know, got him down was, to the ground. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think that was like the third round, right? Um, I, I believe it was the third round. And, yeah, he, he didn't even know which way to walk to his corner. I think he he was definitely not with it. You could look in his eyes, and he just was not. And he even asked himself um, – <clears throat> or sorry, he asked his corner, did I go down? Did I go down? And uh, they had to let him know that, no, he didn't He didn't go down. <clears throat> but that was that was interesting. Yeah, dude, it definitely was. Oh, there you go. Um, it definitely was. So I think, um, you know, he, he so Stipe caught him pretty good, got him to the ground and was just ground and pounding him. And, and I and Stipe even said after the fight, I think if he would have slowed down a little bit, been a little bit more methodical, um, he probably could have finished it right then and there. Uh, yeah. But that's not what happened. Uh, the bell rang. And uh, DC was able to to make it on to uh, the next round. Um, and so, you know, that was kind of how, like, most of the fight went. But I think one of the big factors is um, DC wasn't able to control the ring. Every time that they would get close enough to each other, uh, Stipe would, like, nullify any kind of potential wrestling by getting double underhooks on DC, elevating his arms and pushing him up against the cage and just keeping him there. And as well as that... Um, maintaining wrist control on his, on his, on, on DC's right, um, right hand, because that's how Stipe got knocked out in the first fight. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that right hand was free and they separated and he hit, he clipped him. So right. Stipe adjusted. Um, in, in my opinion, you know, some of the things within the fight kind of, you know, nullify each other. I'd say that you could probably give DC at least one round. Um, and it was the round where he took Stipe down and I think you might also be able to give him round four, but it was very close. I think I think I gave him round one and four, and then two, three, and five were all were all kind of steep. A um, yeah. the big deciding factor for me was certainly total strikes, and the um, and the cage control. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, that's a small octagon for those two guys, the 25-footer. Um, that was pretty interesting to watch. And you're right. I mean, DC had a very similar strategy. He definitely switched up his striking a little bit because if you watch the last fight, he has this, like, sort of outstretched uh, strategy where he, like, just keeps his arm stretched out until he gets it within range, and then he tries to clinch up. And he did the same thing. He didn't He didn't keep his hands out like that. Like, he kept his hands close to his, his body, and he was probably worried about those body shots, like, at, at how the last fight finished. Um, but he hooks up, you know, he, he, he grabs his arm, his left arm around Stipe's neck. And that's what his strategy was. I believe is similar to how he finished the second fight. Um, or sorry, the first fight is to break apart and hit him with that. Right. So you're right. I think Stipe controlling that hand definitely made a, definitely made a big, big difference. Um, 
right. you know, because DC is dangerous. When that distance closes, obviously there's a reach advantage, a reach disadvantage there. When that distance closes, he's he's trouble. He's trouble so for sure. Reset Reese advantage. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a reset advantage. He's got a reset advantage. Anyway, <laughs> um, but but he did make that adjustment because of the body shots during the second fight, right? So exactly. he was like, you yeah. know what, I can't do that anymore because Stipe and Stipe still went. I think he had at least five, at yeah. least five solid body shots. I think it was in the second round because I was like, I think both of us were like, up oh, here we go, here we go. He kept hitting that left hook to the body and it would open up the head, and yeah. uh, he landed a couple, a couple there. I mean, Stipe has such great boxing. You know, no surprise there. I, I don't know why DC didn't try to use his wrestling more. I feel like he wanted like the the highlight finish just for like his last his his you know he wanted to go out with a bang. But like, dude, why not use your wrestling and get Stipe down there and make him work for that belt? Um, My know, thoughts, but exactly. But I guess that was the strategy he was going in with. Maybe he maybe he thought Stipe would be expecting the wrestling. And so he wanted to come out there with the with the ground with the uh, striking game, but definitely didn't work out in his favor. So it's yeah. a kind of a hard thing. Uh, that, you know, going into it, people were asking like, "Who do you guys got? Who do you guys got? Who who do you want to see win?" Um, and really, I'm like, man, it's it's kind of hard to pick because Stipe is a guy that's like, how do you not like Stipe? The dude, <clears throat> when he's not training or fighting, he's a volunteer firefighter. You know, He's a great down to earth guy. Like he's not in the headlines. He's no there's no drama with Stipe. He's just a great dude. But then DC, obviously, everybody loves DC. He's he's a legend in the sport. Um, he's an Olympian. He's a commentator. He's just a very charismatic guy. So it's kinda and obviously this is the last fight of his career, supposedly. Um, it's just hard it was hard not to root for him or feel sort of bad that he didn't get to take the to take the victory for his last appearance, but you know that's just the way the cards play out sometimes. Yeah, it is, man. It's uh, it's really kind of you know unfortunate for him because you know I think I mentioned this to you during the fight is he's always kind of been in second place, right? So he went to the Olympics and he got a silver medal and he he never got that gold. And then you know fighting Jones and he can never fight he can never beat Jones at light heavyweight, so he was always second there. And then. You know, but he did have the belt at one point, and he has had the belt at one point at the heavyweight in the heavyweight division. So, it's like you can't you can't really knock him. Like he shouldn't go into his retirement like thinking that he was a failure. He's been extremely successful, definitely one of the best fighters of all time. And yeah. you know, he's held the belt. He's a two. He's he's held the belt at multiple weight classes at different times. So, yeah, you know, I mean. I think he's. I think he said ten of his last. He fought fifteen, fifteen times in the UFC. Ten of those were were title fights. Um, name I another mean, fighter that has that percentage. I mean, maybe John Jones. Um, yeah, yeah. So he should certainly look back on his career with, you know, as a success because he was his whole life a, a great success in, you know. Yeah, and he's got he's definitely got more to come just being a part of the UFC. I love DC as a commentator. You know, I put him up there with uh with Joe Rogan, with John Anik, Dominic Cruz. Like those are the four stars in my opinion um when it comes to commentating. So I look forward to to hearing him call many more fights to come and who knows, he might be one of those guys. He might be the Mike Tyson of the MMA who comes out of retirement at age 53 or whatever <laughs> and like puts the smack down on some young buck. We never know, but Oh, dude, I wouldn't. I still wouldn't mess with this guy, even if he was in his sixties. No, you know? no way. I'm not messing no with way. DC. This guy's a he's a monster. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, all right, I think that about wraps up UFC 252. We've got a fight night coming up this weekend. Definitely not as impressive as last week's event. But um, speaking of guys who have been around forever, headlined by Frankie Edgar and Pedro Munoz. Munoz, I think that's how you yeah, say Yeah, Munoz. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this one. Pedro Munoz, he's coming off a win against um, um, Cody Garbrandt. A knockout, pretty vicious knockout win, I might add. Um, yeah. Frankie Frankie Edgar, on the other hand, hasn't fought since since July of 2019. Um, lost to Brian Ortega, Max Holloway, and the Korean Zombie. So he's got something oh. to prove. Yeah, definitely, man. Frankie, oh man, he was so close to he was so close, dude. Um, to you know, he he made it all the all the way to Max Holloway and just couldn't pull it together. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm really hoping that he can pull one out cause he's an old veteran, right? He's been around for a long, long time. Yes. Um, you know, but you can never count out Munoz, uh, very interesting Munoz, you know, knocked out Cody Garbrandt, the same style that he got knocked out twice by TJ Dillashaw. So Pedro went into that <laughs> fight and was like, yeah, I'm just going to do what TJ did. And exactly. he, and he, and he did exactly that. It knocked Cody out. So, um, I haven't seen a whole lot of Pedro, uh, Munoz fight. Uh, I certainly have seen plenty of uh, Frankie Edgar, and I know Frankie's got really good wrestling background. He's got good striking. Um, so uh, I think these guys are fairly uh, closely matched. Uh, so this is kind of mm-hmm. – this is a really hard one for me to call. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I agree. I, I, You know, I don't think that I've seen, to be honest, any Pedro Munoz fights. Definitely have watched Frankie Edgar a time or two, but I put it out a poll on Instagram to see what our audience thought of that. And uh, 81% of people, let's see if I can like hold my finger on this and show to the camera at the same time. If I let go of my finger, it goes away. Um, 81% of people think that Frankie Edgar is going to take this victory over uh, 19% for Pedro Munoz. So we'll see. We'll, def- we'll definitely see. I mean, I'll, I'll be tuning in. I'm sure you will as well. Um, but, you know, in a company, in a company, company, mini, I can't say that word. Complimentary? Uh, <laughs> accompanying oh, okay. that fight <laughs> is another <laughs> another legend in the sport, Ovin St. Preux uh, versus Alonzo Menafield. Yeah. Um, will so, be the co-main. Oh. So, yeah, um, you know, Ovin St. Preux, he's been, a long, he's been around for a long time, uh, 24 and 14, you know, so he's got 38 fights in the UFC. I mean, that's pretty substantial. Uh, but he's had some – he hasn't had very much success – um, either so his last two fights um, against Ben Rothwell and Nikita Krylov were both losses uh, so he's coming off two losses Alonzo uh, he's a newcomer to the UFC he's only had two fights um, or no I think he's had three he's had fights in three fights yep yeah three fights in the UFC his first two were knockouts uh, you know so he's got pretty pretty good hands um, and his last fight was a decision loss against Devin Clark his first loss uh, of his career and that was in June 2020. So, um, you know, he's he's an up-and-comer trying to figure things out. Um, so he's going to have to figure out uh, the Ovin St. Proof uh, puzzle, um, you know, which basically is is are you going to get are you going to get choked out or are you going to be able to weather the storm and and either knock him out or or get a decision victory? Time will tell. Yeah, definitely. That should be a good one to watch. So we'll be reporting that reporting back on that one um in our next weigh-ins 
um, episode. I think that's about all we're going to talk about so far with uh, this this weekend's um, fight night. We've got some news, some major news in the sport that I'm sure we're going to spend some time on. Um, So should we dive into that? Yeah, dude. I think that you should lead the way on that. And uh, (laughs) tell us us your news, buddy. (laughs) Well, this is major breaking news as of, I think, today i'm pretty sure today or yesterday i don't even remember dude the days just blur together but john jones in the spotlight again so many rumors so much talk so much hype around this um obviously spawning back to a couple months ago when the the pay issue was a big thing in the ufc um he's officially vacated his light heavyweight title Hmm. again this time by choice rather than you know um some other external (laughs) factors (laughs) Yeah, drugs. Um, drugs are Cocaine. bad. Cocaine. Cocaine. Um, yes, so he vacated his light heavyweight title belt. He announced it in a tweet, which you're seeing here on the screen. Um, I can't really read it. You want to read that off for us? Yeah, uh, so Johnny Bowen Jones says, uh, Just got off the phone with the UFC. I confer- Today I confirmed that I'm vacating the light heavyweight championship. It's officially up for grabs. It's been an amazing journey. Sincere thank you to all my competition, UFC, and most importantly, you fans. Yeah, so and this came out this came out on Instagram. I saw this little this image you're seeing here, and I'm just like <gasps> gasp, you know, like what? Is this real? I guess it's real. It came from ESPN, right? So um, you know, I think I, like my whole feed was just this, right, for a long time. But then very shortly after, there's another there's another tweet that comes out. And you want to read that one off for us? Yes, sir. Just had a really <laughs> positive conversation with the UFC. Sounds like there's going to be no, there will be negotiations for my next fight at heavyweight. All good news. The weight gaining process begins. <laughs> mm. Hamburger. <laughs> How excited are you as a UFC fighter when you know you're moving up weight classes? You can just go eat as much pizza and spaghetti as you want. <laughs> Oh, definitely. He, I mean, there was a video shortly after of him going through a drive-thru with like ordering a hamburger and yeah, <laughs> it's like, yep, I'm watching the fight this weekend with hamburger in my, in my hand. Yeah, man. And then I think Darren, Darren Till probably trolled him on Instagram because he also went through the drive-thru and got some McDonald's. Darren Till, if you guys are not following him, I've said it before on the show, make sure you follow him on Instagram because he constantly trolls other UFC fighters. I think that was his little stab at John Jones, but, um, <laughs> Very interesting. All this stuff plays out. You know, we're going to talk about something in a second. All this timing is, is, is very interesting. So the question now becomes, if this is all true, um, you know, his, his title's vacated at light heavyweight. There are some conversations happening right now, I think, between Dominic Reyes and Ian Blockowitz, I believe, um, for a light heavyweight fight. And some people speculate it may be for the title. So there's that. But there's also if John Jones does move up and the and the UFC does make that happen, he be, and he fights at heavyweight. Who is he gonna square off with first? You know, do they? I think all the fans want to see Stipe versus John, but to to me, that's not even fair in the slightest. When you've got someone like Ngannou who's been uh, yeah. climbing the ranks and deserves that next title shot. Um, some people are saying John versus Ngannou. Then whoever wins that gets a title shot. You know, maybe that's a little more fair. What are your any any initial thoughts from you right now? I mean, it's hard to say, right? Like, I f- I feel like having Francis not get the immediate next shot 
is like disrespectful to him as much as I'd love to see John Jones fight him. But in in the same token, if, if John's going to fight anyone, it should probably be Francis. So the way I see it is what they probably ought to do is they probably have um, Francis go and fight Stipe and they bring John Jones in and he either fights Derek Lewis or fights Curtis blades as a, as a heavyweight warm-up fight. Cause they're going to be fighting. Aren't, I think they're going to be fighting uh, um, in the December, yeah. right? Something and like so, and so, whoever wins that could fight John Jones, and then basically the winner of those two, um, you know, of those outcomes basically fight for the title. So it's Stipe versus Francis. Whoever wins the uh, Derek Lewis versus uh, Curtis Blades fight fights against Jones. Whoever wins that fight gets the next shot at the title. I'm trying to put myself in John Jones's shoes right now. I mean, he's been running the game when it comes to light heavyweight. I would still be scared shitless to move up to heavyweight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he's definitely, you know, he's a big guy. He's a big, strong guy. So I don't think he's going to have any problems in that regard, you know, when he moves up to heavyweight. But these guys have some bombs, dude. Like, you know, I, I mean, there definitely are some strong guys in the light heavyweight division, but in the heavyweight division, these are one punch KO guys. Um, right. You know, so he might not get as lucky as he have as he has in his last few fights. Um, you know, with Dominic Reyes, who definitely has knockout power. Tiago Santos, again, probably knockout power, but you know, somebody like Derek Lewis. <laughs> There's just a whole another ball game, dude. dude. It's just, <laughs> it's a whole nother story, man. Yeah, I mean Francis and Ghana, it's just a different it's a different ballgame altogether. So I am kind of scared for John Jones and he know he has to be a little bit timid going into any of these matchups. Wow. Yeah, man. Um I just feel like it's just so risky. <laughs> Risking it at all. But I mean he wants to be known as the as the best, you know? Because yeah. you, you're not the best unless you win the heavyweight belt. Yeah, gotta gotta risk it for the biscuit. The the most dangerous man on the planet is the heavyweight belt holder, and That's I don't true. know, man. I don't know if I could see him. I'm not sure if he could beat um, Stipe. I mean, as big as Stipe is, but who knows, dude? It's any it's anybody's game. I don't know. All I know is I'm very excited. I'm very excited. What if Jones just comes back like 265, just brick, just like <laughs> just... hulked out, just like. This dude's definitely on steroids now. If he wasn't before. (laughs) Oh, man, I'd be excited to see that. Yeah, me too. Um, So the other question is the light heavyweight title, right? So, like I said, Dominic Reyes, I think, and um, Ian Blockowitz are scheduled or in talks of a fight happening there. Not sure if we're not certain if that's going to be a a title fight. But speaking of light heavyweight, Anthony Rumble Johnson. You guys know who that is? You remember remember Rumble Johnson coming out of retirement yeah. to fight in the UFC once again. He last fought in 2017. He suffered a defeat against Daniel Cormier. I think it was his second defeat against Daniel Cormier uh, for the light heavyweight title. Um, you know, throughout his UFC career, he's fought at welterweight, middleweight, and light heavyweight. And there were some rumors back in 2019, 2019 of him coming back and fighting at heavyweight. Um, but that didn't work out. But now there are reports that Johnson is actually currently in the process of USADA training 
as we speak. So he's undergoing the drug testing and things like that. Um, you know, so it's looking like he might make a comeback. He might make a, a reappearance in the in the light heavyweight division. Yeah, man, I saw this too. Um, and there's an image on screen right now of, of Anthony Rumble Johnson in one of his more recent pictures, and the dude is jacked. He's oh huge, my man. god, he's Jesus! Huge. How is this possible? <laughs> he's, he's humongous. Yeah, and he's he's obviously he's still been active since he retired. He actually was part of Derek Brunson's camp for his last fight, um, so he's still training, still active. So. You know, kind of interesting timing. If if John Jones is vacating his belt, Johnson's coming back in at light heavyweight. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of new up and comers in the light heavyweight division, but you know somebody like Johnson could definitely come in and, and shake things up. And he's not that old. You know, I mean he's definitely not he's not super young, but he's not that old. He could definitely come in and have a couple more solid fights. Maybe even I'm not sure what they would do in that sort of situation. Um, you know, somebody who's got as much of a legacy as he does, what kind of a fight do they get him as soon as he comes back in? You know, do they make him climb up again or do they give him somebody that's in, in the top, you know, uh, five or something like that? Yeah. Um, I feel like he left the game at the top. They could probably bring him in in the top 10 at least. Right. So, right. Yeah. I I feel like if he comes back, they got to give him somebody in the top 10 just to break him in and then. You know, who knows? Maybe he'll make a, a run for the title. But, you know, his his thing is just knocking people out. He's got so much power. Um, yeah. You know, but there's definitely some better competition now, in my opinion, than, than when he left with Dominic Reyes and Tiago Santos. Like, mm-hmm. these oh, guys yeah. aren't – they're not pushovers, you know? Certainly no, not. Definitely so. not. And just a correction really quick. It's not Ian Blockowitz. Jan Blockowitz. Sorry, I was confusing two different fighters. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't want to correct you, but it happens, bro. It happens. Come at me. I swear it's okay. It's okay. We all make Um, mistakes. Man, but so that's, that's definitely interesting, but we've got some other news. It doesn't stop there. There's more to talk about. All right. Let me hit you guys real quick. These ones are pretty quick, but we got some upcoming fights, man. We got some matchmaking happening live. UFC's doing their job, putting some fights together. We got Brian, Ortega haven't seen this guy fight in I don't know maybe 20 years something like that <laughs> versus Korean I think actual last time he fought was against Holloway in 2017 so correct me if I'm wrong I might be wrong about that but I think it was I think it was 2017 that he, he fought last so it's been a long time and then we got Chan Sung Jung the Korean zombie they're going to be the main event main event on October t- uh, 17th uh, 2020s uh, UFC fight night yeah, I'm uh, really location. This. Location hasn't been announced yet. Oh, dude, me too. Uh, probably going to be in Las Vegas because coronavirus is still shutting down everything always. So, probably yeah. Las Vegas, Apex facility. But yeah, his last fight, you're you're pretty close. 2018 instead of 2017, he lost against Max Holloway. His only loss in his career so far, 14 and one, uh, with one no contest. So, I'm definitely excited to see this. And there's some certainly some beef between these two guys right now so it'll be interesting to see them settle it on the on in the octagon what's um, the beef i haven't seen that what's up i don't really know i don't i, I haven't really looked too much into the background in the, the background behind it but i know there's a lot of smack talking happening between the two of them for the last few months um so okay. could certainly be interesting I'm, I'm definitely excited to see who else is on that card and watch that fight t-city is back he's back yeah man 
I think um, I think I you know I'm going to take Brian on this one, even though it's, he's, he hasn't fought in such a long time. Just based on his you know previous performances, I think that you know he could figure it out. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight for the belt. That's again. what I was about to say. I think we I mean a couple episodes ago we we're, we're talking about the featherweight division. Obviously, Alexander Volkanovsky has got that belt right now. Um, he took it from Max Holloway, defended it against Max Holloway. We've been we've been talking about, like, well, who's next? I mean, there's not many other people in that division that we think are viable prospects. And we even said, I think, a couple of weeks ago, like, what about Brian Ortega? Where is this guy at, man? Like, he's yeah. still really young, considerably, re- considerably young, has a great record. Why did he just stop fighting after his one loss against Max Holloway? Um, he's still ranked number two in that division, so... I could definitely see if he comes back and, and defeats uh, the Korean zombie, then I could absolutely see a title fight in his future. Yeah. I think I, I wouldn't mind seeing the winner of this fight go against Alexander Volkanovsky and the loser fight against Zabit. And then the yeah. winner of that fight gets the next title fight after that. Yeah, right? I, agree, I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. I think that'd be nice. So, um, so very excited about that one. We got one more for you guys: Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis. We mentioned it earlier uh, while we were talking about uh, Jones and and the whole Stipe and you know what's next. So they got a main event coming up: UFC Fight Night, November twenty eighth. Uh, so quite a ways out. Uh, location to be decided as well. But like you said, probably going to be the Apex. <laughs> Most likely. If I was a betting man, I would say so. But, yeah, this one's exciting, man. We, we I think we kind of called this one last week as well. Um, a matchup between these two guys only made sense. And, oh, my gosh, that's going to be an exciting fight right there. Talking about, your, talk, talking about getting some sweaty palms and some heart rate increase, watching those two guys at any minute just blow each other's heads off. <laughs> oh yeah, and and Curtis has been doing so much work on his uh, on his striking. You know, Derek Lewis. I mean, like, dude, if you get hit by one of those, it's like getting hit with a cannonball for sure. So he's got to watch <laughs> that out. One thing that Curtis Blades has that Derek Lewis doesn't is his amazing um, uh, takedown and ground and pound skills. So, oh yeah, um, you know, Derek doesn't have a whole lot of uh, defense except for he just explodes and gets back up. Right? I'm not sure if he's going to be able to do that with such a high level grappler like Curtis, though. Right, exactly. His nickname is Razor for a reason. I think it's Razor. Maybe I just made that up. Uh, yeah, Razor, sure Razor, Razor Blades. It's because he gets you to the ground and he cuts you up with those elbows. Um, and we'll see if he can do it with Derek Lewis. I mean, Derek Lewis is a very big man, a very strong man with a lot of power. So we'll see if he even if there's even a chance that he gets it to the ground. But like you said, Curtis has been on a good run. So very excited to see that. But speaking of uh, cutting each other up. Oh Taking my god! You <laughs> loving these, loving these, uh... dude. You're killing it today, man. I'm really been working killing on my it. transitions. I hope you guys enjoy them. Um, Segway. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of getting cut up, guys. Uh, Paige, Paige Van. Zandt. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, right, no, I thought you I was. Take it. All right, I've talked about right. Paige Van Zant too much in the last three weeks. Let me take this one. All right, Paige Van Zant, guys. We've we're coming to the end of the story here. I think. Maybe not necessarily the end of the story, but the end of the confusion or uncertainty or whatnot. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. What's next for Paige Van Zandt? Oh, she's going to do bare knuckle fighting. What? Okay, so we've just been like, why? Why would you do this? And everybody's coming out like, oh, my God, this is a terrible decision. Finally, she has come out. And um, I'm going to just give you a, a little bit of a, a paraphrasing of some of the things she said because, you know, she's she said a lot of stuff. So here we go. Um 
basically she said a cut on your face always heals uh she told uh, mma fighting this was an interview with mma fighting i've been cut open before and people still think i'm pretty and this is me talking Vila's still, think I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> still think i'm pretty and it hasn't hurt my career yet for me it comes down to uh, just being an athlete and this is the promotion that sparked my passion so she's got a lot of pa- passion here she says because it's something that's new it's exciting i'm excited to have that passion fire back in me as an athlete i feel like at this point i'll be paid well enough i can have plastic surgery and have a plastic surgeon on and i have a plastic surgeon on speed dial and i can send him a text and say hey you've got to fix me up <laughs> uh, a little bit more Paige van zant's manager uh malka uh malki kawa um who kind of like helped her get this deal and, and work out some of the, the ins and outs of it, uh, says it's a multi-million dollar deal. I'm pretty sure it's like $4 million or something like that. It's up there. There we go. And we're, not e- and we're not even talking the sprinkles and the cherries that go on top of that Sunday. That's what he said. What he's talking about is the fact that uh, it's been recently reported that um, um, she'll also be doing commentary and other broadcasting work for Bare Knuckle fighting championship so it's not just it's not just the fights she's getting paid for she's going to be doing promotion she's going to be doing advertising she's going to be strutting that stuff man she's going to be out there so she's going to be bringing the dollars in um and uh final little bit of news uh tied to this it's a four fight deal and it's going to be over the next 16 to 18 months so um man that's a lot of four fights that's a lot of damage in 18 months dude every like every four Every four or five months, you're getting damaged. Yeah. You got to go see the plastic surgeon every four months. You're not going to have time to recover. No. How's your yeah, face so going to recover? That's, that's exactly what we have been speculating. So to, to know that, that it's a multi-million dollar deal, that makes all the sense in the world. So she's saying all this baloney about your face always heals. I can get plastic surgery. Nah, come on. You're, now you got a multi-million dollar. Good for you. Number one, good for you. Um, the UFC she's should paid. be should be getting should be ponying up for something like that but um yeah no i'm not surprised at all that bare knuckle fighting is going to pay her that now it makes even more sense that they're going to be doing promotions and commentary and broadcasting work like that makes perfect sense Um, you know yeah that they're trying to attract more people to this to their promotion you know good on them i you know actually that does kind of spark something in my mind there are no female color commentators in in the ufc They've got Megan O'Levy, who's not a commentator. She's like more of a you know behind the scenes reporter, and I think she does a yeah. great job. But there's no color commentators that are women, which is kind of a miss, you know, in my opinion. But um, so that's interesting. I mean, good for her. No, nothing to say other than good for her. But just like we said last week, may the plastic surgery be forever in your favor. You know, you're definitely <laughs> gonna need it. You're gonna need oh. it. Um, and I guess, like, let's be clear, like, plastic surgery, I think, has the reputation of, obviously, bolstering your appearance, to say it in the most politically correct way. But I actually have met some people who said that they had plastic surgery as, like, young child, as a as a child, because they were bit by a dog or, like, suffered a, mad, a bad uh, cut or something like that. And plastic surgeons can do a better job of stitching um, and uh, healing, you know, wounds to, to prevent terrible scarring so that's probably what she's more so referring to um you know so yeah i guess if you've got a plan like that in place go for it you know take the before picture (laughs) 18 months from now (laughs) let's look at it yeah i mean there's more to it than just the cuts like you got to think about scar tissue you got to think about like bone structure like if you're 
if your orbital bones are getting blown out from bare knuckles hitting you in the face, I right. don't know. Yeah, you're going to look different. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, I mean, I mean, look at look at some of these other fighters that have been doing it for years and years and years, you know. Their faces don't look good, you yeah. know. They get broken noses, they get a- Anyway, I uh, I'm I'm skeptical, but hey man, millions of dollars, she's saying give me that paycheck and I'll go I'll go sit in the shade for the rest of my life maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Good for her. I wouldn't mind it. I could I could use some I could use some sit in the shade cash. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Couldn't we all? All right, guys. Uh I think that's it for the UFC news. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I loved talking about it. I love drinking a beer. It was nice, AJ. Can't wait to do this again. But before we go, I just want to quickly remind everybody, follow us here on Twitch, man. Help us out and subscribe and like us on YouTube. That's always appreciated. Subscribe on your favorite podcast player. And if you guys really want to help us out, tell a friend, tell family. We appreciate your support, as always. Um, We're glad you're here. Guys, have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. If not before that, who knows? Check check us out on Instagram. AJ is always posting interesting stuff on there. So keeping it lively. Lots of clips, a lot of funny stuff to follow, lots of beer pictures and fight news and things like that. Absolutely do check us out there. But, um, yeah, we we really enjoy you guys being here and want to engage with all of you guys. So please reach out, say hi, let us know what you think about these upcoming fights, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you guys. Yeah, if you guys want to engage on a, on another level, go ahead and check out our uh, our um, webpage as well, uh, thegingerandthebeard.com. We got some forums there. If you guys want to talk about UFC with us, uh, give us some of your thoughts on what we just talked about, what you listened to. Um, you know, uh, tell us tell us what you're thinking. Go check out that forum. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, until our next episode, our regularly scheduled um, full-blown podcast where we talk about video games, technology, craft beer, and all that good stuff. Until then, we'll see you guys in the next one. Good night. See ya.